Well, it is good to worship with you this morning, whether you're joining us uh, on campus or online. Uh, for those of us on campus, uh, we would like to thank um, Luke and Emily Vaughn and their daughter, Elodie, for lighting the second candle in our Advent wreath this week, and that's the candle of love. And uh, we are excited uh, about what God is doing in this season of preparation. It's also the first Sunday in December, and so one of the things I do every year on the first Sunday of December is remind those of you who uh, have giving that you'd like to do at the end of the year uh, two things. Number one, if you need uh, some instruction or help in doing a contribution that relates to property or stock, call our church office, ask for Wendy Fridley, our church administrator, or Donna Whitehead, our, uh, our finance director. Either one of them will be able to help you uh, navigate uh, all of that uh, kind of giving that, that is more than just simply writing a check or, or putting cash in the boxes or giving online. Uh, also, uh, we just want to let you know that if you're going to give uh, for charitable, per, per, charitable contribution purposes, I'll get that out in a minute, um, by, for this year, you do need to have that postmarked by December 31st. If you're doing it online, you need to give by, just, just make it easy, okay? Technically, it's 1159 on December 31st. What we'll do is we'll make it 1155, okay? That way you get that in your mind and you, you beat all the deadlines and that type of thing. So just a heads up on those things. Now, today is a day when, uh, after all the announcements and the protocols, I, I want to talk to you about something really, really important to me. Um, as, as I was preparing this series and, and looking at the, the understanding of the Christmas light, we, we talked last week about the fact that Jesus is the light of the world. And John tells us in John chapter 1 that, that the, the light has come and the light has shone in the darkness and, and that the, the, people, the people who were to receive the light, some of them didn't receive the light. But to those who did receive the light, we, we have been given the opportunity to become the sons and daughters of God. And regardless of our age, regardless of what place in life we're in, to, to, be, to be someone who sees the light and then receives the light is the purpose of the Christmas story. And, and quite honestly, I, I, I think that there's a, a bit of our, of our current 21st century culture that has, that has been used by, by the enemy of our soul to, to take us away from the real impact of what the Christmas light came to do. And, and as I've looked at the story, I, I've, I've begun to see more and more how, how subtly we have been, we have been drifting, how, how subtly our attention has been taken away from the, the real power of, of this story. I mean, it's partly why we sang in Christ alone, why, why God's Spirit put that in Sarah this week as we were planning worship, that you know what? We, we really need to focus on who Jesus is because culturally there are so many things that are, that are shifting us away. Now, one of my favorite quotes uh, comes from C.S. Lewis's book, Screwtape, uh, The Screwtape Letters. And, and in that book, uh, one, of the, one of the demons who's talking to Screwtape, who is, who is actually the representation of Satan, the enemy of our soul, 
is, is trying to understand humanity. And, and, he, and he's talking about how if he could just go up and he could do this and this and then do all these bad things. And, 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 and Screwtape looks at him and, and says, Wormwood, which is the name. I love that name. Wormwood. <laughs> I, I just want you to know that attacking human beings isn't the greatest way to get them away from God. No, no. You see, the greatest way to get them away from God is to distract them. The greatest way to get them away from God is to, is to get them so busy in doing good things and so busy in thinking they're in control of their life. In fact, in one place he actually says to him, hey, you know what? If a man or woman wakes up in the morning and they, and they believe that they have 24 hours and it's their 24 hours and it's their day and they can handle that 24 hours, it's theirs to do with as they please, we've accomplished our job. Because the fact is, None of them is guaranteed 24 hours. The reality is that God's the one who's in control of our life, and they don't know it. But if we can get them subtly changed from an understanding of, of just how much they're loved by their creator, of just how much he's invested in them, if we can get them distracted, that will do far more damage than an all-out frontal attack. Now, now friends, that's why I'm talking to you about the impact of the Christmas light this morning. Because I, I think that scripturally, when we really understand the story of the birth of Jesus, when we really understand the real meaning of Christmas, it goes far beyond the things that our culture has made it into. For, for instance, okay, most of us, and I've been guilty of it myself, when we think about Christmas... We think about warm family environments. I mean, come on, the Christmas tree and the fireplace and you know, the family environment, and let's have that, you know, get everybody around the table, except for this. Uh, that's really not in the first Christmas story. I mean, Mary and Joseph didn't have a family reunion in Bethlehem. Yes, they were there for a taxation. Yes, all their family was being called into Bethlehem, their extended relatives. But, but you know what? Nobody in their family had room for them. They had to stay outside the inn in a, in a nativity, we call it. That's a nice word to say they stayed in a barn. And the barn actually, historically, may have actually been the lower level of the house where the animals were kept. And it may have been in a cave attached to the house. It wasn't a Hallmark card. It wasn't a fireplace and stockings hung and a tree by the side and, and all of the food and the warmth and the, oh, wow. No, no, that, 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 that's, not, that's not where the light shone first. No, no, the, 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 light, the light shines and makes a bigger impact than, than just your family. You see, the, the, the Christmas light impacts more than your family. To, to take this holiday, this remembrance, this, this marking of time that, that marks the time when the Word became flesh and the flesh dwelt among us. The, the, the Word, God, His Son, Jesus, became like us, became incarnate is the theological word, became a part of us so much so that, that He lived among us. And, and actually the Scriptures teach us that every temptation we've ever had, Jesus was tempted just like that. Every pain we've ever had, Jesus felt that same pain. Every heartache, every brokenness, Jesus experienced all of it. And get this, and he did it 
without ever breaking fellowship with his heavenly father. Uh, he, he did it without ever sinning. You see, Christmas is more than just family. And, and it was promised that way even before Mary and Joseph saddled up the donkey and headed off to Bethlehem because there was a census being taken. You say, Pastor, how, how do you know that? Because in the Old Testament, the prophets let us know. In Isaiah chapter 49, there's this passage. I, I love this passage. The prophet Isaiah is, is understanding about what God is going to do to rescue the people of Israel from their situation. And in the process, that there's a, this is referred to as a messianic prophecy. It's a prophecy about the Messiah. And look at, look at what God says to Isaiah in this, prophe in this prophecy. It is too light a thing, light as in not heavy. It is too little a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and, and to bring back the preserved of Israel. What he's saying is, hey, you know, this, this is too little a thing for me to do to just take care of your family, to just take care of Israel, to take care of your, the Jacobs, the descendants. No, no, that's too little. That's too light. I will make you a light, same spelling, different meaning, I will make you a light for the nations that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. See, from the very beginning of the promise, what God was saying to the people of Israel, look, you're my chosen people, but you're not my only people. You're, you're my chosen nation, but you're not the only nation. You're the, you're the people that I'm going to send the Messiah into, but I'm sending the Messiah to you so that everybody everywhere will understand this Messiah, this new kingdom, this way to live in a life that's connected to God. It's more than your, your family. It's more than healing those broken relationships. It, it's, it's bigger than that, quite a bit bigger. And that's why I'm sending the light into the world. I'm not just coming to help one country. I'm not just coming to help one family. No, I'm, I'm, I'm coming to change the world so that everybody from every nation and every language can be impacted by the light. The impact of the Christmas story, the impact of the Christmas light is so much bigger than we understand it when we take and we make Christmas all about getting all the children home, getting all the people together, having all the food together, and then having that day where we eat way too much and give gifts that we don't really use. I mean, how many of you, how many of you, don't, no show of hands on campus, okay? Those of, you, those of you online, you can show a hand if nobody's with you. How many of you ever re-gifted a gift? Somebody gives you a gift, you don't want it, okay? You're like, why did they give me this, all right? and you give it to somebody else, you re-gift it. Now here's my question. How many of you have ever re-gifted a gift the same Christmas you got it? Oh yeah, at two or three like, oh yeah, okay, there was a party and they gave me an ugly sweater and I didn't want the sweater and I just gave it, you know. <laughs> here's the fun one. How many of you have ever worn a sweater that was given to you as a nice gift to an ugly sweater Christmas party? Yeah, some of you are like, oh, okay, all right, I see. Here's, here's my point to you. My, my point to you is the culture has changed us 
to where we view Christmas as being all about our family and all about our relationships and all about that connection. And the reality is Christmas is about the salvation of the world. Christmas is about the fact that without the baby born in Bethlehem's manger, this world is destined for eternal brokenness, eternal separation from God. And so when we start talking about the Christmas light and that the word became flesh and dwelt among us and the light came into the darkness, this is cosmic. This is something bigger than your simple family gathering, which is why it's so important at Christmas that we stay focused on who Jesus really is. I'm not saying family's not important. I'm not saying you shouldn't have those gatherings. But what I'm saying is that it's more than that. And that when you have those gatherings, don't get, don't get lured into the reality that you think, well, this is what a nice Christmas is about. No, no, Christmas is about the transition. Christmas is about the salvation. Christmas is about the transformation of the world. Because the world is separated from God. We are separated from God. And, and when that Christmas light shines in the darkness and those who receive it become the children, the sons and daughters of God because they've received the light instead of rejecting the light, it's because we understand that it's bigger than, than just our family. But I, I, wanna, I wanna stretch you even more. You see, the the Christmas light impacts more than your community, too. It it really does. It's more than just your town. Now, I'm so excited about the numbers of you who are are joining with us in the Shine the Light emphasis this year by by decorating your houses, and and, and you've signed up, and we're going to put that, and some of you put, we're going to put together a list for those who will allow us to, to publish their, their address, and we're all going to drive around over the next few weeks. We're, we'll be emailing you. We'll be posting the, the map, the, the list of houses, all of that the first of, of next week. So after, after December 12th, watch your email inbox for those of you who are, who are with us, and we, you know, you've checked in, and we have your email. If, if you're watching us online, you want to be a part of it in the chat room, there will be a place for you to, to, to check, check in. If you're on campus, you want to use the connect card, but if this is the first time you're hearing about it, here's what we're going to do. Because the surge that's happening in COVID cases, we're not going to do our, our traditional Christmas event here on campus. Instead, we're asking you to decorate your house, and, and then we actually, out in the connecting place at the info table today, we have some yard signs with a QR code on them, and they say Merry Christmas, but the QR code will take people who can who can drive up to your house and put, do me a favor, put the, put the sign at the front of your yard, okay? So as they, as they come up, they can hit the QR code and it'll take them to the real story of Christmas. It'll tell them about what God has done in Jesus Christ in Bethlehem. But we're inviting you to do that and I'm excited about that because we're gonna make a difference in our community. But the reason we're making a difference in our community is because the Christmas light impacts more than just our community. It's, it's there in the story. In fact, this morning, I'm going to take you through this Christmas story in several different places and show you what I'm talking about by the fact that this Christmas light impacts more than our family and more than our community and more than we've ever thought. Look at the story, that part of it that you know. You've read this. You've heard it read dozens of times at Christmas. When the angels went away from them into the, the heavens... The shepherds said to one another, you know the story, right? These shepherds are watching their sheep. Now, what you may not know, we'll talk about it a little bit more next week, 
But, but these shepherds, the sheep they're watching, I love this part of the story. They're outside of Bethlehem. They're between Bethlehem and Jerusalem. They're watching a flock of sheep. These are the sheep that are the sheep being prepared to be sacrificed in the temple in Jerusalem for the sins of the people. This is not just any group of shepherds. It's not just any flock of sheep. No, it's a, it's a flock of really special sheep. And these, these shepherds, these shepherds have had to really, really work to be a part of this. They, they're trusted with the sacrificial lambs. It's no coincidence that the angels show up to talk about the true lamb of God to the shepherds who are watching the lambs who will be sacrificed in the temple. But when they show up and they declare, you know, that, that wonderful peace on earth, goodwill toward those on whom God's favor rests, glory to God in the highest. The angels are singing. When it's all over, the angels went away and the shepherds said to one another, here's the key phrase, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened. See, sometimes in order to see what God is doing, you have to leave your community to see what he's doing in another community. <laughs> because he's at work in your community and he's at work in other communities. Let's go over to Bethlehem, see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the same that had been told them concerning this child. They said to Mary and Joseph, man, we were watching the sacrificial lambs out on the, out on the hillside. In the middle of the night, this angel shows up. And then he's joined by a, a whole chorus of angels. And, and we saw the glory of God. And, and, and we saw something bigger than where we were. See, that's, that's what the Christmas light does. When you get beyond its impact on your family and you get beyond its impact on your community. God takes this Christmas light and he, and he takes you to places that you've not been before to see what he's up to. Um, on my first trip to Africa to, to teach at the West Africa Bible Institute and to preach the, the 10th anniversary celebration of the Church of God in Cote d'Ivoire, in, in the Ivory Coast, I was in in the city of Yamasukro, which is where the headquarters of the Church of God are in that city. And it's the official capital. It's not the largest city. Abidjan's the largest city. It's a port city of about five million. You fly in there, then you drive up to Yamasukro, which is about three or 400,000 people. And I was there speaking, and it was a big day. It was a, it was a great celebration because that, that ministry was 10 years old. And they had a special choir for that day. And on that special choir, they had all of these, I mean, they, they prepared songs. It was, I mean, it was amazing stuff, right? And while they're singing in French and, and, and Sanufu and other languages that I don't speak, I'm listening to, the, I'm listening to, the, to, to them and, and, and kind of halfway thinking about how I'm going to got to speak in a few minutes when, when suddenly I, I look and I see one of the young ladies in the, in the choir because they had all worn their best clothes for the guests from the United States, right? And she's wearing a shirt. And the shirt in English says, I only have eyes for you. I'm like, really? Does, she's wearing that in church. 
She's wearing that in the choir. I just, it just, it kind of got in my brain. I, I, I'm sorry, I, I just couldn't get past it. And, and so while I'm speaking in the, in the, in the service, I, I actually, I, I promise if you wear a shirt with a slogan on it, I probably won't do this here, but I did it there, okay? I, I actually, in my sermon, I said, you know what? God loves you so much that he's just like this girl sitting right here and her shirt says, I only have eyes for you. And when the translator translated, Everybody in the room burst into laughter. And the girl, the girl kind of ducked her head sheepishly. And after the service, I, I asked Larry and Leanne Sellers, our staff missionaries who were there, and Larry was the one translating. Larry, Larry was the one who translated. I said, Larry, did you translate what I said? Because sometimes translators translate something different, okay? They all laughed. I, I wasn't really sure it was a laughable moment. I was trying to say, hey, God only has eyes for you, and, and it's just like this. And they all laughed, and, and he, said, he said, yeah, um, I translated it just like you said, but, but here's what you don't know. She wore that shirt, and she has no idea. She speaks no English. She doesn't read English. She has no idea what that shirt says. But she knew that it said something in English, and because you're from the United States and you speak English, she wore that shirt in honor of you. Oh, boy. I'm like, really? And... I found her after the service and through Larry's translation made sure that, that I had not offended her. And she said, oh no, I'm not offended. I'm honored to be a part of the story of God. That God only has eyes for us. You see, when the light of Christ the baby born in the manger, when the Christmas light shines in the darkness and it goes beyond your family and it goes beyond your community, suddenly it begins to cross boundaries and the kingdom of God becomes so important that even when you make a cultural faux pas like me or like her, God takes that moment and he reminds you that the impact of the Christmas light, the impact of Jesus that goes beyond your family and beyond your community, also goes beyond your nation. Your nation. The, the, the shepherds said, let's go over to Bethlehem. And they left a field that was probably north of Bethlehem, a little north and to the, to the west a little bit. And they went south to, to Bethlehem. But, but if you keep reading the story, do you, know that, do you know that the story of Jesus' birth is an international story? That's why it impacts more than your nation. You see, there, there, there's not, I hear people all the time, oh, I'm so glad I live in God's chosen nation. You know, you don't, unless you're a believer in Jesus Christ. Because the chosen nation of God has no, has no human setup. It's a divine setup. The kingdom of God is bigger than any one country. The kingdom of God is bigger than any one political party. The kingdom of God is bigger than any one language. The kingdom of God is for all the people on the face of the earth. And by the way, every once in a while I get some usually high school, middle school kid who says, Pastor, do you think there's life on other planets? I'm like, I don't know. 
That's the greatest thing I learned from a, from a college education was how much I don't know. I have no clue, but here's what I do know. I do know that if there's life on other planets, Jesus died for them too. What? Yeah, the kingdom of God is cosmic. The kingdom of God is universal. God is the God. He is the creator. It's bigger than any one nation. It's bigger than any one language. It's bigger than any one people group. The story of Christmas impacts more than just a nation. The story of Christmas impacts the universe. Why else do angels sing and stars shine? You say, Pastor, come on, where do you get that? Well, look in the story, the way Matthew tells the story. Look at what Matthew says. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Jesus was born, it wasn't just to, to, to Mary and Joseph and the people in Bethlehem. It wasn't just to the shepherds on the field. It wasn't just to the Jewish people. It was a cosmic event. It was an international event. These men came from the east. Remember I told you the shepherds had come from the north and had come south. And get this, I won't put it on the screens for you, but, but you can go ahead and keep reading Matthew as he tells the story. When Herod starts, starts finding out, do you remember that the king had been born and it wasn't one of his children? And so he lies to the wise men and says, hey, I want, you to, I want you to tell me where this baby's been born so I can come and worship him too. But all the time he's plotting to kill the baby that's been born. You remember what happened? God spoke to the wise men in a dream and said, don't go back to Herod and tell him. You go on home, go on back east. And then God spoke to Joseph and said, hey, take Mary and the baby and go to Egypt. Now, I, 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 you know what? I, I, I'm not sure I got an A in geography in school, but I figured this much out. If you're leaving Bethlehem or Nazareth, wherever they were, and you're headed to Egypt, you're going due west. And Pastor, why are, you, why are you saying that? Because this is an international event that goes from the north to the south and the east to the west and covers everybody. See, the, the Christmas light, the story of Jesus, it's a, our culture's tried to make it about our families, our, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Our, our culture's tried to make it about our communities, and, and there's nothing really wrong with that. And it's tried to make it about a nation, and, and I'll be honest with you, in some ways, there's nothing wrong with that for nations to bow their knee at God's throne is a good thing. But to think that you're the only nation that does it? I mean, there are some people who think the only people getting into heaven are Jewish. Most of them are Jewish. I just want you to understand the light that shined in the darkness is a cosmic, universal offer of salvation that covers everybody. And there's one more thing you've got to know. This Christmas light that impacts more than our family and more than our community and more than our nation, 
it also impacts more than our world. More, more than our world? Yeah. Because if you read the pages of Scripture, you discover that someday the world in which we live is going to go away. Someday when Jesus returns, all of this stuff goes away. It's, it's transformed. It's made new. He's making a new heaven and a new earth. And you and I are invited into that new heaven and that new earth. And the salvation that Jesus offers to each one of us is a salvation that brings us beyond our family, beyond our community, beyond our nation, into his kingdom. And that kingdom is bigger than, bigger than our world because it's eternal. It will never end. And this Christmas, when you start getting all pressed up about the heartache, when you get all frustrated with the broken supply chain, when you get all in a knot in your stomach because you've got to go sit at the table with that one person who just drives you crazy for Christmas, I want you to remember the light has shone in the darkness and the light is the light for all humanity. His name is Jesus and he, he's offering you an eternity in relationship with him. Pastor, how do you know that? Because it's one of the last things Jesus said to his disciples after he was crucified after he was resurrected, after he spent 40 days with them, talking to them and showing them the things they thought they knew from Scripture and how little they really knew, he, he said these words to them. They're in Matthew chapter 28, verse 17. When the disciples saw Jesus, they worshiped him. But some doubted. I love that. I love the fact that, that the gospel writers are honest about humanity. I mean, these are, these are the, the, the 11 guys. Judas has already killed himself. These are the 11 guys who spent the most time with Jesus. These are the 11 guys who heard all of his teachings, saw his miracles, saw him do marvelous things, had been in the room when he showed up after being resurrected, had heard Thomas say, well, I'm not believing until I can put my hand in his side and the fingers in his hand and, and Jesus shows up and Thomas falls on his face and says, my Lord and my God. And these are the guys who are standing there going, okay, Thomas, it's here. It's your turn. Go ahead, man. And, and what happens? When they see Jesus, some of them doubt it. Doubt comes out of fear. Doubt comes out of anxiety. Doubt comes out of worry. Doubt comes out of not understanding that the Christmas light impacts more than your family, more than your community, more than your nation, and more than your world. But then Jesus said this, all authority, I love this, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus says, hey guys, look, I know some of you are doubting. I know, I know it's tough. I know, I know it's hard to believe that this is all true, but I'm telling you it's true. And I have all the authority 
all the authority on all of the earth and all the authority in all of heaven, and here's what I'm going to do with it. I'm going to give it to you. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, not one, all, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And here it is. And behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age. This Christmas, in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of whatever variants of COVID they're going to describe next, in the midst of all the stuff in your family, in the midst of all the stuff in our community, in the midst of all the stuff in our nation, in the midst of all the stuff in the world, remember the Christmas light has come so that you will know that God is with you and he will be with you all the way to the end of the age. What's that mean, Pastor, the end of the age? It means until your life here is done and a new life begins. When this world is gone and a new world exists, when you, when you are living for eternity as a child of God because you received the light that shine in the darkness because you now are a child of the light.